Will Quinn Ewers be the best quarterback in the Big 12 next year? You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. It's Valentine's Day. I'm glad you're spending a little bit time, a little bit of time on Valentine's Day with me. You know, if you're celebrating Valentine's Day, I hope you're being taken care of today. I hope you're taking care of somebody today. I hope you're spending your day with a lot of laugh, a lot of love, and a lot of life you know just living life and if you're not celebrating valentine's today it's still tuesday you know still taco tuesday go out and have fun man celebrate the day you know just don't get on social media <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of ooey gooey love on there you know so if you're not trying to see that stay off of there but let's have a good tuesday regardless man whether you're celebrating valentine's day or not on this tuesday's episode of locked on longhorns this valentine's day episode we'll be discussing the big 12 quarterback rankings in 2023 collegefootballnetwork.com dropped the list of the best quarterback situations in the Big 12 in 2023 from number one through number 14. I'm just tell y'all now, I don't necessarily know how I feel about the list, but you know what we do with lists on this podcast? We discussed them, so we're going to discuss it. Also, Texas lost to Texas Tech last night. I really didn't want to talk about it. Kind of wanted to pretend it didn't happen, but that's not good for business. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Texas losing to Texas Tech, unfortunately, last night on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So collegefootballnetwork.com dropped this list. It came across the chat. I had never heard of collegefootballnetwork.com. I'm just watching Texas, Texas Tech, and basketball. And I see this article come across the chat, and I'm like, all right, ranking quarterback situations in 2023 in the Big 12. It's a little early, but I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's see what they got. And, you know, the first thing as a Texas fan I'm going to do is I'm going to look and see where's Quinn Ewers at. Is he too high? Is he too low? Right? Y'all doing my boy wrong? He just cut the mullet. Did y'all see? Right? So I look at the list, and I'm like, uh. Number one, Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. I'm like, Dylan Gabriel? Lil Tua? So the first thing I do is I go to ESPN. I go look at the stats. I'm like, Dylan Gabriel? I mean, I know he has the career over Quinn Ewers, but he wasn't better than Quinn Ewers last year. I saw Oklahoma fans complaining to put in Nick Evers. They was hyping up Jackson Arnold. They like, don't even look like they wanted Dylan Gabriel to be there. Well, I looked up the stats. He was better than Quinn Ewers last year in almost every metric. I was humble. <laughs> right? So I have no problem right now with Dylan Gabriel being number one. We'll come back to that. Even though he lost Marvin Mims, I think that's a big loss. Number two, Quinn Ewers. Right? No more mullet, baby. No more party in the back. It's all business. He'll be number one by the end of the year. We'll discuss that next. Let's go through the rest of these rankings so you can decide – Look, people in the comments are saying this list is trash. I'll let you decide if this list is trash or not. Although you can't necessarily judge it without reading their analysis under each quarterback. But it's 2023, man. We read headlines. We don't read articles. Let me not put that out there. <laughs> Jalen Daniels, number three. To me, there's a huge drop between Dylan Gabriel. Cool. Quinn Ewers, really cool. Jalen Daniels, uh, at number three, right? It speaks to the urgency that Texas should have in winning the Big 12 this year. Y'all not going to bully me off that, man. Texas needs to win the Big 12 this year. Jalen Daniels for Kansas, number three quarterback in the Big 12 this year, number three quarterback situation. 
Will Howard won the Big 12 last year. Big, strong quarterback, makes some of the throws. At times, he looks really good. At times, you wished Adrian Martinez was in there. Anytime you're calling for Adrian Martinez, it's not a huge vote of confidence. Number five, Blake Shapin. We saw last year when he played Texas, he would, him and Quinn Ewers were taking turns making freshman mistakes, right? I think he'll be better this year, but not losing any sleep going to Waco to play Blake Shapin. Number six, John Reese Plumley. We do not play UCF this year, uh, but he sounds like the type of quarterback that'll beat Texas, right? Because he's going to run first and then pass off of that, right? The dual threat comes from his passing ability. And we know Texas hasn't done too well with those types of quarterbacks, but we don't play UCF this year and we'll be in the SEC next year. So, y'all, good luck with that. <laughs> All right, number seven, Hunter Deckers. Look, I mean, he put up a good fight last year, losing Xavier Hutchinson. They almost beat Texas last year, but they didn't. And, I mean, looking at Hunter Deckers, I'm more scared about the crowd at Iowa State than I am about Hunter Deckers when we go up there. Texas by whatever, man. Keaton Slovis, BYU. This is interesting. I don't know if he should be at number eight. Had a down year last year at Pitt, but he flashed. Took JT Daniels' do- job at USC. And BYU has a good track record of quarterbacks lately. I mean, just period. <laughs> I mean, really, Steve Sarkeesian, to name one. Steve Young, to name another one. Uh, but Zach Wilson, I know he hasn't been great in uh the nfl but they did make him the number two pick jaron hall had some really good buzz before the senior bowl but he'll still get drafted this year and so i expect keaton slovis to have a bounce back year at byu that's going to be a really interesting game when they come to dkr it's gonna be a week after we play u of h and the number nine quarterback on this list in donovan smith but i think that byu game keaton slovis quinn ewers it's gonna be a fun game especially a team you're not familiar with in this new big 12 u of h Donovan Smith, right? We're familiar with his game when he beat us uh, with Texas Tech when they went for every fourth down and converted every third down damn near. And he was just running and passing. I still have nightmares about him running over Diamante Tucker Dorsey at the goal line to score on fourth down. I mean, geez. But I think Houston's going to be fun this year, U of H, right? Dana Holgerson, they have some really good offensive skill talent. Wish Tank Dale was – well, actually, I don't because we play against U of H, but I think Tank Dale would be fun uh with this year's u of h team i think they were a little disappointed last year but it'll be interesting to see what donovan smith can do in a new situation right i think he's a really good dual threat quarterback he can make some plays that wow you and then he also makes some plays that you know have you scratching your head right it's the reason that he got replaced last year at texas tech and had to transfer so we'll see what texas is able to do with them but i think with playing him last year they should be able to win that game this year against u of h Texas Tech, they had the same record as Texas last year, 8-5. and five. Joey McGuire is doing really good things up there in Lubbock. And when I saw Baron Morton, he flashed. So I don't think they should be down here at number 10. I think that if Baron Morton is competent, if he's good this year, Texas Tech will compete for a 9-10 to 10 win season. right? I, I, I think that uh, it hates me to give them that type of praise, but I, I think Joey McGuire is doing some really good things up there at Texas Tech. Emory Jones and Evan Prater at Cincinnati. Look, we don't play Cincinnati regardless. But Emory Jones, in the five years, I've seen him in college football at Florida and Arizona State. Look, nothing that wowed me. And Evan Prater, I don't even know who that is. We don't play Cincinnati, so it doesn't really matter. Garrett Green and whoever at West Virginia, we don't play West Virginia, so it doesn't matter. Number 13, Alan Bowman. He's been in college forever. Gunnar Gundy, Oklahoma State, they're in shambles. Mike Gundy won't be there in three years, right? You just saw half the team transfer. But it's crazy that all the teams at the bottom of this list, Texas doesn't play this year, right? Hmm. The Big 12 cooking, huh? And then number 14, how do you go from the national championship to the worst-rated quarterback situation in the Big 12? Chandler Morris and Josh Hoover? They lucked into Max Duggan. They was about to lose to the one-win, two-win pre-Coach Prime Colorado Buffs last year with Chandler Morris. And then Max Duggan comes in and takes them to the national championship game. 
But I guess we're going to see what Sonny Dykes really about this year if they got Chandler Morris ranked 14th in the Big 12. But anyway, those are your quarterback rankings. Quinn Ewers, number two. Like I said, I think he's better than Dylan Gabriel. I think he's the most talented quarterback in the Big 12. I don't think that that's close. But I'm willing to give Dylan Gabriel the deference right now because he did have a better season last year than Quinn Ewers. But I think if Quinn Ewers even gives us Oklahoma game, first quarter, Alabama game. He's the best quarterback in the Big 12 by a wide margin. So now let's shift the conversation from not why is he number two, but what does he need to do to be number one? Because these preseason rankings, they're fun. They're cute. We talk about them on Locked on Longhorns. But what does he need to do to be the number one quarterback when it really matters? First team all Big 12 at the end of the season. I think the first thing is just don't mess it up. I mean, he's clearly going into 2023 with the best quarterback situation in the Big 12. And I don't think it's close, right? We talked about Dylan Gabriel losing Marvin Mims. You know, Will Howard loses Deuce Vaughn. Uh, they're losing running backs at Kansas. Uh, what's his name? Hunter Decker's losing Xavier Hutchinson. That's not the case for Quinn Ewers, right? He brings back all of his best targets outside of Bijan, I guess, right? You bring back the best receiver room in the Big 12. I don't think it's close. The best tight end in the Big 12, JT Sanders. I don't think it's close. Best left tackle. In the Big 12 and Kelvin Banks, I don't think it's close, right? The rest of the offensive line, not sure who's going to be where and how they're going to be performed. I'm sure about Kelvin Banks, though, right? And one of the most talented running back rooms in the conference, led by Cedric Baxter and Jonathan Brooks. I think you still have the best offensive mind. You could put Sonny Dykes in the conversation. I'm still going to go with Steve Sarkeesian as your play caller. And I think this year, Steve Sarkeesian will be better in that regard. We saw some really good play calls last year, but they weren't consistent. Something that Texas Homer always says is it's not about the play calling. It's the play sequencing, because we know that Sark has some really dynamic play calls and play designs. Right. But how consistent was it last year? We saw some really good play calls and then we saw some Sark. What are you doing? Right. You don't really see that with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. You don't really see that with Lincoln Riley. It's like, okay, every play makes sense. Like, the offense is in a rhythm, right? Like, they move and they trucking along. And too often, it was like, oh, okay, that's a really good play call, Sark. Three and out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, we need more consistency there. I think he'll be better this year, right? And I think, you know, another year with Quinn Ewers, that doesn't just work for, okay, second year in the system with Quinn. Now, this is another year of Sark knowing what Quinn Ewers is good at, what he's not good at, what he likes to do what he doesn't like to do. I think that'll benefit him in calling plays for his young signal caller this year. And I think Quinn Ewers, just another year in the system too often last year, he locked onto his first read and Xavier Worthy. I think he's going to be better off this year and not doing that, especially with all the receiver talent he has around him, right? Too often last year, he relied on his arm talent and not the fundamentals of the position. I don't care how talented your arm is. You still got to set your feet. You still got to have pocket presence and you still got to, you know, have good mechanics, to be good at the quarterback position, right? At this level, you can't just rely on arm talent all the time. And so I think he'll be better at that. And then I think last year, the system didn't necessarily match his strengths, right? We played a lot of protective, kind of conservative football, right? 12 personnel, two tight ends, power run game, let Bijan and Roshan take the pressure off of him and then, you know, kind of let him make throws off of that. This year, I think you're going to see more of what Quinn Ewers is accustomed to, right? More of his skill set, what he was doing at, South Lake Carroll, right? More spread, more 11 personnel with three wide receivers on the field, more four wide receiver sets, right? Kind of playing in that spread seven on seven type offenses where quarterbacks 
uh, like Quinn Ewers, who have the arm talent, who can just sit there and pick you apart because there's too many options for you to cover four or five receiving options on every play. I think he's going to excel in that type of offense this year, which we'll see more of from Steve Sarkeesian, which we saw at Alabama, which allowed all of those wide receivers, you know, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle to thrive pretty much all at the same time. So right now, Dylan Gabriel, according to collegefootballnetwork.com, y'all go check out that article. Tell me if it's trash or not. <laughs> right, I'll link it. Actually, I'll actually link it uh on the youtube so y'all can hear y'all can read it and, and see if it's what y'all think about it right i'm fine with dylan gabriel being number one right now in the preseason because production wise he had a better season last year than quinn ewers but i think there's no reason after this year that quinn ewers should not be the first team all big 12 quarterback and i think there's no reason after this year that there should be any doubt in any of our minds that quinn ewers was the best quarterback in the conference this year by a wide margin a quick word from FanDuel and LinkedIn excuse me FanDuel and Built Bar not LinkedIn today and then we're going to talk about this Texas men's basketball team losing to Texas Tech last night how can they move forward the midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go FanDuel dot com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nfl and if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and the calories then you have to try a built bar we just got we just got through the holidays i know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year and if you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste then man i've got just the thing for you you have to try built with Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's better is they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein excuse me and now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com and now you can get them at your local walmart or sam's club so hop on your phone right now your desk computer wherever you are on your valentine's day date don't get me in trouble don't let me get you in trouble or head to walmart or sam's club and get your built bars today look at valentine's day get your girl get your man get whoever get your dog uh no don't get your dog one get get you know what i'm saying get somebody uh, a built bar share the love man Shut a love. Tacos and Bill Bars, man. It's Taco Tuesday. So I said before the Texas Tech game, notice how my mood just changed, right? I said before the Texas Tech and the West Virginia game that both of these games were must-win games. Texas Tech has won two in a row. They beat Kansas State on Saturday, and they just beat us last night. But I felt like even though this was going to be a tough rivalry game, even though it's going to be in Lubbock, even though their fans were going to get up for the game, regardless of Chris Beard was there or not. I just felt like it was time for this Texas team to start stepping on next, right? Like it was time for this Texas team to say, we're better than you. We're deeper than you. We're more talented than you. We're better coached than you. And we're going to prove it whether we're on the road or not. And so I knew it was going to be a tough environment, but I put the task on Ronnie Terry that this was a must win game. 
And I said that Rodney Terry has been making Chick-fil-A lemonade out of the lemons we've given him. And I said this was a must-win game. I put that pressure on Rodney Terry. Of course, it's not a must-win game in theory. But I felt like it was time for this Texas basketball team to assert themselves. That they did not do last night. And so I'm going to say I'm disappointed in Rodney Terry. Because I know that the Texas basketball team was capable of winning this game. I know that Texas has the better coach. I know that Texas has the better players. But also watching that game last night, I know that Texas Tech wanted it more than Texas did. And that's the reason they won. I mean, when you look at it, nobody really came with Marcus Carr. Marcus Carr had 23 points on 15 shots. He was really good. He was really efficient. You could tell that he was on a mission. But who came with him? This team, you could tell, is too reliant on Jabari Rice and his recent 20-point scoring off the bench. He only had eight points last night on only nine shots. So he wasn't as aggressive as he has been. Timmy Allen, two points on four shots. That's unacceptable. He didn't make a field goal. I mean, you at home, you in the Moody Center, you're bumping your gums, you talking all this trash, and you disappear like that on the road at Texas Tech. Don't make a field goal in 30 minutes. Dylan DeSue gave you two threes. He gave you 11. But that's it. You had Marcus Carr at 23 points. Dylan DeSue at 11. Those are your only two players that scored in double figures, right? When you look at the shooting splits, Seven missed free throws. You lost by seven points. You missed seven free throws. Even at the end where I think they were down five and Marcus Carr misses a free throw and then Dylan DeSue or somebody else misses a free throw and you look at it, they're down three, but they could have been down one with those two missed free throws. So you lose by seven, you miss seven free throws, shoot 58.8% from the free throw line. Texas is too good for that, right? You allowed him to go 50% from the three-point line. You did well, shooting 41%, but of course, 50 is better than 41%, and you only shot 39% from the field, right? Texas is too talented for that. So on the offensive end, you let Texas Tech kind of take you off of your pivot, and then you didn't take them off of their pivot. They were too comfortable. This Harmon dude had 21 points in the first half. You limited him in the second half to only four points, but he still hit you over the head for 25. O'Banner had 19. Imok had 12, right? And they were just playing with that dog mentality. When you look at what'll tell you who had more dog in them last night with the rebounding 41 to 29, right? You can't expect to win a game losing the rebounding battle by double digits. And it's crazy that you lost a game in which you turned the ball over half as much as Texas tech did. You only turned the ball over six times. They turned the ball over 12 times. So this is a game that Texas should have won. I think it's a game that they let slip away. They tied it. At the very end, they were only down three or five, and it just seemed like when it was time for somebody to get a bucket or it was time to steal a game in Lubbock, right? They had outplayed you all game, but can you out-execute them for the last two to three minutes? They, you know, let Texas Tech out-execute them because, frankly, last night Texas Tech wanted it more, and that was disappointing to see. So, you know, I still have all the faith in the world in Ronnie Terry. You know, I ain't going nowhere, you know, but I was disappointed last night. I thought that was a must-win game for the Longhorns. I thought it was a game they should have won, a game they could have won. I thought it was a game they let slip, right? And you can't continue to let these games slip because we're getting to that point of the season, right, where you can't afford to lose and say we'll bounce back tomorrow, right? We're getting to that point to where a loss will send you home, right? And a loss, you know, earlier than expected might have Texas looking for a different coach, right? I'm supporting Ronnie Terry, but you can't play the way you played last night and expect to have a deep run in the tournament, whether it's the Big 12 or the NCAA tournament. Let's talk about what's next. 
You got Oklahoma this Saturday at home in the Moody Center. That's a must-win game. Iowa State at home since you decided to lose to them in Ames. Now, that was the day. Somebody reminded me in my YouTube comments. Thank you for this. I hope you're watching this. They lost to Iowa State at home on the day that Chris Beard was fired officially. So I'll give them, you know, some credit for that. I'll, I'll cut them some slack for that. That is, you know, a cloud over your head while you're playing basketball. But I expect them to win the rematch next Tuesday in the Moody Center. And then next Saturday, getting ahead of ourselves, on February 25th, they play at Baylor. I think they're very capable of winning all three of these games. If they beat Oklahoma and beat Iowa State and they lose to Baylor in a very close contested game, I'll be all right. But they have to beat Oklahoma. They have to beat Iowa State. And they, if they lose to Baylor close, I think they should beat Baylor. But if they lose to Baylor close, I'll be acceptable with two and one in this stretch. But before we get there, Oklahoma on Saturday, Iowa State next Tuesday in the Moody Center. Ronnie Terry, this Texas men's basketball team, has been good in the Moody Center. Timmy Allen, who didn't make a field goal last night, he's been good in the Moody Center. I expect them to bounce back in the next two games. I am charging them once again. Rodney Terry, hope you're listening. Must win games for the Longhorns and you against Oklahoma and Iowa State. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Longhorns, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Quinn Ewers is the best quarterback in the Big 12. Peace.